Nevada's the only state with legal prostitution, but it's only in a few rural counties. A small grassroots effort is underway this year to expand brothels to places like Douglas and Churchill counties, but why not in Clark County? How did Sin City opt out of this particular, well, sin? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, I'm sitting down with Barb Brents. She's a professor at UNLV who studies sexual commerce. She explains how we got here and why our city seems hesitant to even talk about changing the current criminal laws. So, should Clark County legalize brothels? It's Monday, August 14th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Dr. Barb Brantz, welcome to CityCast Las Vegas. It's great being here. Well, it's great to have you. And we're going to talk about a subject that doesn't get a lot of attention here in Las Vegas, but I know it's something that you've been studying for a long time, and that's brothels. What brought you to brothels? So I moved to Las Vegas about 30 years ago now with, with no intention of studying the sex industry because I thought, like many, that it was a really bad thing. But I started having students in my classes who worked in the sex industry, and it really made me think very differently about how I had thought about sexuality and the uh, commodification or the use of sex to buy and sell stuff. And I had a couple of students in one class once who said, we want to do research on the brothels. And so they drove out and wrote a paper And I'm like, oh, my God, nobody is studying this. And Nevada is the only place in the country with legal sex work. And about that time, a now good friend of mine, Kate Hausbeck-Corgan, moved to town as a professor in a nerd department. And she said, let's do the research. And so we did. And the rest is kind of history for us. Well, and I want to talk about the the history, especially of, of prostitution in Las Vegas. I mean, I know that Las Vegas had prostitution legal, basically, since its beginnings in the city itself. Block 16 was a notorious red light district. I believe it went all the way through World War II, at least. Was it legal or did law enforcement just turn a blind eye to it at the time? For the most part, I think in Las Vegas, as well as a lot of other places for a long time since Nevada was settled, law enforcement didn't turn a blind eye, but they had prostitution along with saloons and along with all sorts of entertainment for folks working in a rough environment. And so during World War II, the federal government came in and tried to shut down brothels and and nationwide, which is what actually shut down most sex work throughout the western part of the United States. And Las Vegas itself closed its brothel district reluctantly, I might add, in 1942. It was mostly pressure from the growing gaming interests who were themselves receiving pressure from the federal government to look legitimate. So they thought if they sacrifice open prostitution, they might look a little bit better. Right. But of course, they they didn't get rid of prostitution altogether. They just made it illegal. Right. And as I understand it, there was like a short period when that federal order 
was lifted and they gave it a run. But yeah, like you said, the, the gaming industry says, no, we don't need that. We've got other other vices that we're going to exploit for, for money. So how did prostitution become legal in the rurals, but illegal in Las Vegas or in Clark County proper? Well, it was really an effort on the part of Las Vegas to spread this idea of shutting down prostitution throughout the state. Up until this time, the brothels had been operating, the rural brothels had been operating their own brothels, and some of them slowly started to write a few ordinances, which essentially reinforced a red light district that kind of already had existed in those towns. Las Vegas was thinking about doing the same thing, but again, it was those gaming interests and a lot of folks who said, you know what, nationwide, our state's growing, it's depending more on on tourism, what that bill did that they were trying to introduce actually made the rules go, no, we're going to stay at, keep bars because we like them and it's good business. So there was a compromise bill that said that you can't have prostitution in counties over 200,000, which only eliminated Clark County. So essentially in several court battles later, what happened was that most of the rural, many of the rural brothels passed ordinances and created their own, their own brothel districts. And now this was when 1971. 1971. This was okay. in February of 1971. But really, it wasn't until the 1980s that several court cases sort of ruled that yes, absolutely, the rural counties can do what they want and create their own brothel ordinances. So. I've heard some people refer to this 1971 law and the subsequent um, adjustments to that law as the great experiment to see whether or not a legal prostitution can exist in this country. Is it fair to call it uh, an experiment, maybe a really long experiment? And if so, was it a success or a failure? Actually, I'd kind of say that making prostitution completely illegal, as we've tried to do in most of this country, since the uh, progressive era was itself an experiment because mm. brothels have existed much, much longer than laws expressly trying to eliminate it have. So I'm going to turn that on its head and okay. say uh, brothels are actually older and have a lot more history, as, as does other forms of, of places where sex workers can work. So according to the brothel industry itself, uh, they generate about $75 million of revenue a year in the rurals. All their employees, the, the women who work as sex workers in the brothels, are all 1099. They pay their own taxes to the federal government and buy things, et cetera. So that's compared to what stat they give out, which is that it's estimated that there's maybe $5 billion in transactions outside of that area. And whether that's accurate or not, there certainly does seem to be a clear demand in Clark County for prostitutes. I mean, there are thousands of sex workers advertising at any given time. And I think people who have lived here any amount of time see lots of sex workers around in different guises at different levels, obviously. Um, so should Clark County get our own brothels? Yeah, sure. We should get brothels as long as we also change dramatically the way in which we treat sex workers outside the brothels as well. Uh, we have way too many laws criminalizing individuals 
that sell sexual services consensually providing services to clients who who want them. I think that COVID kind of showed us the need for personal touch and intimacy that everyone has. And a lot of, if a client has a need for sexual services, services and there's somebody willing to provide them, a lot of sex workers see themselves as providing a really important and needed service. So there, there needs to be ways for those folks. Here's the problem with just having brothels and nothing else. Okay. You create a two-tiered system. You create a system where the vast majority of, of sex workers and clients who may be doing it because they have no other or few other options, as well as those who don't have the money to pay for licensing fees or don't have the particular set of looks of, of capital, I guess, of beauty capital that might a particular brothel might need at a certain time. So there are a lot of people that are immediately priced out of working in a brothel. So there's a lot of people that are still going to be working illegally. And I don't think we can build enough brothels in Nevada, in Las Vegas, to meet that need. The other thing that I think is important to point out is that we need to have sex workers involved in making these laws. Brothels used to be run mostly by women. Even today now, most of the management is women. But when the county started instituting these really strict rules about who can get a brothel license and who can run a brothel. And licensing fees. Licenses and fees and all that stuff. It, it drove all the women out of owning brothels, and today most of the brothels are owned by men or by some co- conglomeration of business partners. But most of them are male, even though the women are running it. So it's, it creates an even more sexist kind of two-tiered um, system. Coupled with the fact that we live in a climate where people are reluctant to accept the need for sexual services and the rights of workers who provide those, We have even legal brothel workers today have trouble getting banking because the banking industry has decided to be the moral arbiter. Don't get me started on that, but it seems to be the moral arbiter of everyone and canceling accounts if they think that that things might be uh, quasi-illegal or immoral or unreliable. So a lot of sex workers have trouble getting banking, keeping bank accounts, getting housing loans to buy houses, et cetera. So that whole financial industry has to be changed as well, or else the women that are working in this industry are going to have a lot of of trouble. Wow. This really sounds like a parallel of the marijuana industry as it sort of transitioned into legality. They're still having troubles with banking and you know, people kind of not wanting to deal with them because they're dealing in something that's federally illegal. But here, it seems like if we had legal brothels and if we also, as you're suggesting, simultaneously decriminalize sex work, some of those issues fall away. But what other issues might arise? Well, I'll I'll tell you that the places that have removed many of the laws criminalizing sex work, they have brothels that exist alongside the more independent workers. And a lot of workers prefer the brothel context because you work with other folks, management deals with all the advertising and the client arranging and all a lot of those logistics. So 
there is a, an important business model for brothels in a decriminalized system. The other problem, though, is that independent contractors in Nevada don't have a lot of rights to begin with. And I don't care whether you're working in, uh, as a waitress or in bottle service or in, uh, in the brothel. There are few places you can go if your uh, boss is, is not following the independent contractor rules. And you're also constrained by, I don't want to make waves because they can fire me and I won't have any income. But it's really difficult for a brothel worker, especially, to complain about the brothel rules in which they work, A, because they're making money, B, because they won't get hired again. And the brothels, like many management, if they perceive somebody's starting to organize something, will just not bring them back next time. Now, Barb, you've you've mentioned the word decriminalized a few times. Maybe just for our listeners, if you had to summarize it in one sentence, what's the difference between legalizing sex work and decriminalizing sex work? Well, let me tell you first that I don't see the line between those being as, as hard as some do. There are models of decriminalization, which is typically removing laws that criminalize sex workers so that sex workers and prostitution and and loitering for prostitution and all that would not be a criminal offense. Legalization is where you institute a set of rules and policies and bureaucracies in order to deal with brothel businesses. What has worked, I think, in many places is to have to remove the rules against loitering, et cetera, for prostitution and um, soliciting, and allow workers to work with each other and have third parties help them in some fashion or another, and also have a system whereby if you, if a certain number of you want to create a business, you can do so. Now, the difference between the Nevada legalized system is that it's only legalized and nothing else is decriminalized. And the rules and regulations are all enforced through law enforcement. The best systems are where the same organizations that monitor businesses, et cetera, are also the ones that monitor the brothels. Mm. But it's not police that are responsible, but you know other government bureaucrats. And that removes some of the stigma and allows police to focus on more important issues. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned third parties, and I'm, I'm not going to let that kind of drop by because I think when you hear about third parties helping people who are doing sex work, immediately people think of pimps or sex traffickers or something like that. It, it, is that a problem? Is that a concern with decriminalized sex work that that would thrive or that uh, exploitation uh, may still exist? There's one thing you can do when you're in a decriminalized system that you can't do now, and that is you can go to the police. You can report somebody who's doing something wrong to somewhere. Now, there's a complete disincentive for anybody to do that. They will likely be arrested if they don't say the right things, as well as they've now lost their housing and their source of income and any other social supports that they may have had. What 
most people don't realize is when the majority of third parties include these days like taxi drivers or web designers. designers. Yeah, or any of the technical people that we now need in order to uh, protect our privacy or or get notice on the algorithms or all that. Right now, the way the laws are, just about anybody who helps a sex worker do their job can be charged with advancing prostitution. And that's all that is trying to be done to deal with the very few number of exploitive, violent pimps. When, when that's not the biggest problem that sex workers face, what sex workers have trouble with is finding housing, banking, uh, protecting themselves without risking arrest, um, and finding clients and customers and uh, marketing themselves and, and protecting themselves in, in many ways. I mean, we've created in an attempt to try to protect individuals who sell sex, we've made it a lot harder for them. And most of the data backs up the fact that in decriminalized systems, there's a lot more safety on the part of sex workers. I've watched the legislature closely for the last decade or so. It seems like Every session, they make more laws that make sex work harder. There's even, you know, sometimes efforts to eliminate or, or restrict brothels more. Why are no elected officials seemingly out there talking about allowing or at least decriminalizing sex work? That's a really good question, David. That stigma associated with sex work is, is so pervasive. Many polls that I've seen show that people actually are increasingly okay with selling sexual services if it's all consensual parties, increasingly, so that's growing. But nobody in this climate of culture wars, et cetera, wants to say anything in favor of not outlawing sex work because of the headlines. And I think there was even one for our own little city council person who was saying, hey, brothels are not a bad idea in Clark County, in Las Vegas, and the headline of the opponents, he wants to legalize prostitution. Who said that? So there's- Do you remember? Uh, I think it was about Bob Coffin. Or I saw a sign somewhere around there that they went after him because he was sort of supportive of prostitution. And and back in the day, I think Mayor Oscar Goodman also thought, you know, look, there's a lot of money to be made. It's happening anyway. Why wouldn't we consider it? And he got shut down pretty quick, too. I mean, is there no lesson to be learned from this? I'm, I'm going to call it an experiment again in the rurals that at least brothels seem to alleviate some of the uh, the concerns that people have. I, I would say that things are changing. I would pretty emphatically say that I would only support brothels if there was also decriminalization that went with it. Mm -hmm. And I would be very surprised if our legislature was going to first remove all the ridiculous laws that they put on the last several years before they allow Clark County to legalize prostitution. So I, I think it's going to be a hard sell. But you look nationwide, more and more places are considering measures decriminalizing sex work. New York is going to have a, a, a bill, I think, to decriminalize. Washington, D.C. is discussing 
Oregon, more and more places are recognizing what a lot of national health organizations are saying that decriminalizing sex work is better for the health of the population as a, as a whole um, and better for protecting people who are involved in the sex industry. Is there an irony at foot here, Barb, that Las Vegas or maybe even Nevada in bigger part is too moral to accept it in our one city? <laughs> it, doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I know. Well, before I moved to Las Vegas, I had a professor who actually wrote a book about Nevada and the gaming and the prostitution industry, and it was called Morals Legislation Without Morals. And it highlighted this contradiction that Nevada markets and built an economy based on bodies and based on making money off it being, you know, stigmatized and, and shh, don't tell anybody, but we're doing what happens in Vegas will stay here, you know? Yeah. I wonder if we'll ever see it on the ballot, Barb. Yeah. Ballot initiative to decriminalize, not to just legalize. Gotcha. This is a fascinating conversation about something that happens nearby, but strangely not in our city. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yeah. Barb Renz, thanks so much for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It's been fun. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. Did you learn something new about your city today? Well, go share this episode with your three smartest friends and see what they think. Go ahead, do it. Right now. I'll wait. Always do. Okay, now go rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our brilliant morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Y'all take care.